Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Sports contests and events with first market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Well, how are we doing, Joe? Well, hey, man, we got to put a cap on the Kansas State football season. It ended great at the beginning of December, but didn't end well at the end of December. No, not. Right. <laughs> hey, I'll take a Big 12 championship anytime. So I hey, think you know, overall you have to look at the season as a success. The Sugar Bowl is disappointing, of course. You know, we stuck with them for a quarter and Alabama just, it's like they flipped the switch and said, no, we're not taking this and decided to do their thing, you know, in case they couldn't do much to stop it. But yeah, overall... What, although the game is disappointing, as I reflect back, I'm still ha- really thrilled with the season and how it went. No, nah, and I'm the same way, um, Joe, and I, and I really want to just kind of emphasize that is that, you know, Kansas State embarked upon a season. No one, we, we had aspirations that they had an opportunity that they can win a Big 12 championship, but they were picked to finish anywhere between six and seven in the league consistently. Maybe a couple people have them picking maybe around fifth, but nobody had them in the top tier of the Big 12. But to be able to do what Kleiman did, do it in his fourth year, bring a Big 12 championship to Manhattan uh, is a special thing, and we should not put our heads down with that at all. But the Sugar Bowl, you know, we have to recap it. It does give us an indication, Joe. Uh, we lose the game 45-20. to 20. Uh, we, we had a 10-point lead, and then basically the momentum just sucked the life out of Kansas State football. And what I noticed, Joe, completely on where we need to be to versus where an Alabama team is, is it's just speed at every position. Yes, uh, exactly. The speed and the difference at every position, you could tell it. Like, we may be in a matchup here and there, but they've got it at every level. And I'm talking about offensively, defensively. You look at their offensive line. You look at their defensive line. You look at their linebackers. You look at their secondary. You look at their skill positions at the receiver. Across the board, they just had better speed 
than us and just the execution once they decided to play. I think uh, Alabama had to wake up a little bit because we were control of the game the first quarter and a half. But once they decided to play and put their mental hat on and they bullied us and it showed. Yeah, and I look at that uh, Deuce Spawn touchdown run. A couple of uh, Alabama's defensive back, not just one, but a couple of them almost caught him from behind. And we really haven't seen that because Deuce is fast. Exactly, exactly. And they had a little bit of an angle on him, but still they were, uh, they could have caught him. (laughs) They almost did catch him. But yeah, that just goes to show the speed and. You know, going into the game, I knew, you know, Alabama's really talented, more, more talented than K-State, and probably more talented than anyone in the country except for Georgia, really. So it, it's hard yeah. for a team like K-State to compete, even though it's a great team. It's a well-coached team, have have some great players that are going to be gr- good NFL players. But still, we need that. If, if we want to win a national championship, we've got to have that at every position, like you mentioned. The Alabamas and Georgias and Ohio States of the world get the best players, and that's why they're in the in the hunt every year. Yeah, and I don't think we're as far away as the 25-point score suggested, um, Joe. And a lot of people may say, well, you're a homer, you're a Kansas State guy. And why I say that is, because you can see that first quarter, first quarter and a half, how K-State was competing against Alabama. Um, they were going they were going toe-to-toe. Uh, we were scheming some things probably Alabama didn't see. But once Alabama made the adjustment, we can't turn the ball over, too. You know, we no. can't have costly penalties. I mean, for us to be able to beat and hang with a team like Alabama with the amount of skill and four- and five-star players that they have on their roster, we have to play mistake-free. They can get away sometime and make some errors and still can beat you. But for us to be able to have a shot to win the game, we got to play perfect. Right. (laughs) And And we almost have to overachieve and then we got to scheme the hell out of them uh, as well. And when you look at the game as it unfolded and, you know, and how close it was um, initially, and then it just went to, you know, real, real quick, it, it could tell you that climate was pressing. You know, he, he made the fourth down call. Uh Going into the, you know, in the second quarter, mm-hmm. he got one time, we got the fourth down. And then he had another fourth and two. Will Howard, I think, missed it on, a, on an out. I think he was open. But you got to execute to play perfect, but you don't get it. But if you kick the field goal, you're 14 to 13, Joe, and you're probably going in the half 14 to 13. More realistically, yeah. you know. But then you don't, you miss it. Then you get a stop or two, but you call a timeout. I think initially Alabama was just going to run out the clock. Now they don't. Then they go down and score, and now you're down seven, you know, 21 to 10 instead of being a 14-13 game going at halftime, and then the wheels fell off from there. 
Yeah, definitely. I didn't really have a problem with going for it there. I mean, I, I didn't think they were going to win kicking field goals, and I think Kleiman knew that. But uh, it could have changed the game if he would have kicked the field goal there. But I, I, I didn't really have a problem with that. What I did have a problem with was opening the second half with an onside kick. Because if you're up 11, you're still in the game. It's not like the game is over and you're really trying to get back into it. It's still competitive at that, at that point. No doubt. So uh, it, it just didn't make any sense whatsoever to try the onside kick there. And if you're going to do that, you got to execute it better. I mean, he kicked it right to the Alabama guy. Yeah. And it wasn't even close. So it was poor no, execution, no. a poor decision to do it. And then the first thing I thought when Alabama recovered, oh, Alabama's going to go down and score now. That's game over. And it was. That was the game. No, that was the game. And you could see climbing. Obviously, they must have saw something on film uh, that they had an opportunity to be able to do this, Joe. But like you say, it was the most poorly executed onside kick that you'd have seen in a long time. Because onside kicks within themselves, Joe, are already hard to do. Yes. They're hard they to execute. I mean, they're just they're a very it's a very difficult play. You know, you have to have everything just has to go precisely exactly right. Uh and when it does, and you got the element of surprise. Yes, you look like a hero. But that was too early in the game. I think Kleiman was reaching. Uh, I, he knew that he needed to get points. He knew he needed to try to steal some possessions. But I, once we got that in the game, it, you know, it was just two months of an avalanche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was no getting back in it after that. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and I thought about having my player of the game, Joe, but Deuce is probably a good candidate. But when we lose by 25, I just can't give out the play of the game when we lose mm-hmm. by 25. Yeah. I don't feel good in my soul doing it, Joe. You know, mm-hmm. not, not at all. Just not deserving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Howard, too. I was glad he got this game under his belt against an Alabama team yeah. because it gave him an eye opening of the speed of what it takes to win at the high level from the secondary play and throwing his, throwing the ball in different windows. The windows look a little different at Alabama than they do at, uh, at Texas tech. Yeah. No shade against Texas tech, no shade against some of the competition in the big 12, but those guys just, um, they got more speed. He was throwing uh, he was throwing passes against Alabama that he was thrown against TCU. They were successful against TCU and they were intercepted twice <laughs> and incomplete against Alabama because like you said they're closing on the the receivers aren't open. They're not as open as they are against TCU or you know other Big 12 competition. But he was still trying the same passes but yeah, they weren't working. So Yeah. Yeah, you got to put a different spin on the ball. They're not there. They got to get, you know, you got to scheme it better against Alabama to get more separation and open. I would tell you um, um, the the receiver that played very hard, though, I I, I tell you, and he's a gamer, 
Cade Warner, the yep. guy, you know, he had five catches for 48 yards in the game, a long of 13 yards. But I tell you, I didn't appreciate him at the beginning of the season. And the more and more he played, he grew on me. That guy's a gamer and, and can make some plays um, for you. And he's going to be dearly, dearly missed next year. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I went into the season thinking the same thing. I thought, uh, Kate Warner's probably not going to do much. He'll be, you know, a little possession receiver, get some catches and not do much. But he was a big part of the offense. Big part of the offense. Yeah, he's he a big great. part. He's a big part of it. So to put the cap on the season before we transition and look at it to next year, like we said earlier, Joe, um, we finished the year with 10 wins. Uh, we finished 14th in the country come the AP poll that just just came out uh, today. If we started the season and said that would be our record with the Big 12 championship in our possession, I think we can say it's a successful season. Yep, you take that every time. But I'm to the level, Joe, uh, you know, we taste and we've been K-State fans for a long time. I had the privilege to be able to play at K-State under Bill Snyder. We've been following this program for a long time, and you've been lockstep in it as well, following for 30-plus years. Now is the time, Joe. We have to – I'm not satisfied with just winning the Big 12 championship. So I'm probably more disappointed in the Alabama loss and the way we lost that a lot of people are. I think a lot of people kind of take it like, hey, that was just going to be the result. That is Alabama. But I really wanted us to compete better against that Alabama team. I wanted us to go toe-to-toe with them, even if we lost, but I wanted to be a close loss. Uh, And I wanted to see if we can upset those guys because I'm ready for us to take the next step. To yep. be able to get to a get to a playoff, and then to be able to compete for a national championship, I'm not saying we're there yet. I, who knows when we're there? TCU didn't know when they was going to be there, but they got to the final game, and we beat that team. And we know we could have beat that team twice. Now TCU peed down their leg last night. They just pissed the bed, didn't show up, embarrassed everything. But we know. That's not a TCU team that Georgia would beat by 58 points every week. Georgia was on fire, and TCU just didn't show up. Mm-hmm. TCU is a good slipness test because we beat them, and yeah. they played in the national championship. So when you look at the variables of, okay, can, can, can K-State compete against the Alabamas and the SEC? Well, a whole lot of people really can't compete because there's only the SEC Conference, Ohio State, and Clemson are the only ones that's won the, <laughs> won the playoff in the whole modern era yeah. since it's been in existence. Right. So, so it's, it's going to be hard to crack that nut and, you know, exactly. get up there with those <laughs> programs. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the point I'm making before we transition, I get off this rant a little bit, Joe, is that a lot of people get caught up on, well, yeah, you guys are not there. You're not competing. Well, the whole Division One college football is really not there. Other than Alabama, Georgia, LSU, uh, you throw in Clemson and Ohio mm-hmm. State, who yeah. else has won the, the championship? Yeah, nobody. Nobody. So, <laughs> so, so it's only about five programs. So you got a lot of teams that are trying to get to that next step. And I think with the 12-team playoff coming um, very quickly, that's going to be the new benchmark of where your program is at. Do you get into the 12-team playoff? And then what kind of success you have after you get into the 12-team playoff. That's going to be the new benchmark. And I think once that gets into play, that's going to really, really give us a litmus test of the higher end program. Because right now, if you look at it, yeah, there's programs that teeter. Tennessee got close, flirted with some things, but they're still not there. They didn't even get to the playoff. Uh, Michigan floated two years into the playoffs, but they didn't win a damn won a game yet in the college football playoffs. They got there, but they haven't won a game yet. So mm-hmm. they, they just like they just like where Oklahoma was at, you know, representing the Big 12. And to be mindful, to have a Big 12 representative in the final was a big step. Um, because that was a first, because as much as Oklahoma's been dominant and made the playoffs a few times, they never got to the championship game. No. And the funny thing is, too, that uh, K-State seems to have these conference championships like about 10 years apart from each other, (laughs) approximately. And if you look at 2003, they played Ohio State, got beat. The game was relatively close. Uh, in the end of it, but then they, uh, 2012, they played Oregon, and that game really wasn't close. The score may have shown it was closer than it actually was, but Oregon pretty much dominated that game. And after both of those championships, K-State did not compete again for a while. And I don't think this time we'll have to wait 10 years. Uh, Number one, Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the league. That may open things up a little bit. Uh, Number two, in both those years, we had a senior quarterback. And this year, our quarterback is coming back. Will Howard is coming back next year. So that should help going forward. And this is the best recruiting class K-State has had since 2004. So Chris Kleiman is reloading quickly. And that's what did not really happen after the last two championships that is happening after this one. And Avery Johnson is coming in. He's going to be quarterback. And Jake Jake Rubley may end up turning it on and being the starter. We don't really know. But the the um, the talent level is increasing. Probably still needs to increase year over year. But I feel good about the future of Kate State that, heck, we can compete for the league title every year. Why not? Well, now, you make an excellent point, Joe, and I, I'm glad you kind of 
surmised and laid that out the way you did because the difference, like when Colin Klein, you know, they made that run that last 10 years, it was a senior laden team. You know, you had a senior quarterback. You had a lot on the line to get to that level that year, you know, to get to that ultimate championship. Now this year, you bring back a quarterback, which is always the key. You bring back a quarterback, yeah. Will Howard, who knows he is the guy. He knows he's the guy. He's not yep. going to have somebody else come in. Um, he went through a transition with Martinez, and that's an experiment. I think probably still helped Will Howard. I think Martinez probably, at the end of the day, we kind of questioned him in the Tulane game and some of the early starts. Howard, our season turned out to be a little bit different. But I think at the at the end of the day, this was good for Will Howard. He knows he's the guy now. He'll go into a complete spring, all offseason. He'll have all of the tools at his disposal. And that's that's going to be big for us. That's That's, to me, worth two, three wins right there. Yeah, automatically, you know, on the schedule when you think about it. Now, when you put it in perspective with all the other pieces that K-State coming back with, particularly with great news with the entire offensive line is going to return, that's a boost. You know, that's a tremendous boost. But you mentioned some things in the recruiting and these 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 recruiting classes, Joe, I'm still not you know sold on these four, five, three star. These guys make a living on doing this stuff. I still think you got to be able to find good football players um, for your roster that fit your culture, that you can coach them up and that you can develop. And I think over the years, Snyder did that, sprinkled in with a few stars he started getting down the line. But he made guys become stars that wasn't stars that were supposed to come to K-State. You know, and then they turned yeah. out to be great. You know, yes, we had a special. We was able to go get Michael Bishop, one of the best junior college quarterbacks in the country. That made a difference when we go back into our 98, 99 type years which are probably the best football Kansas State had, you know, playing even in the 2000s. That team was better than any of those 2000 teams. Um, And I know some of the younger generation probably don't understand that, don't believe that people even like your son's age because they were just too young. They don't understand. They don't understand it. But when we talk about the recruiting, I think climbing – has gotten better because we got past a couple of kind of the COVID years where he can actually bring guys on campus. I do agree with him 100%. Kansas State is not a destination like Ohio State or Michigan when you went to the last couple of years when you couldn't even bring guys on campus where you can sell guys without having to visit it. I really think they have to come to Manhattan. They have to see the game day atmosphere. They have to feel it, the emotion to be able to sell it. Because our brand 
is not as big as a Michigan, Ohio State, or Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame can just say, hey, we want you. Throw on a couple of good highlight videos on YouTube and Zoom, and the guy can commit. Man. Kansas State, we're not, you know, we, we need you there. We need you to feel the family atmosphere. We need you to feel the fan base, how much they appreciate you coming out of the locker room, you know, on campus, greeting you, talking to you, know your name in the bookstore. All those other factors come into play in the recruiting. But I think Kleiman did a good job uh, at least going after some guys that are were highly recruited. And we beat a couple, you know, big schools on some guys. Now we got to see how they're going to pan out. Yeah, I guess that where I was going with the recruiting thing is, I mean, back in the day, Bill Snyder had some top 20 recruiting classes. And he was competing yeah. for national championships because he's a legend coach. And he coached them up, of course, from the top 20-ish ranking he had them. But if you look at the top recruiting rankings, the schools that are at the top, it's Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. And they're right. they're in the top five almost every year. And that's why they're winning national championships. So although it's not an exact science, you know, that's that's kind of how I look at it, is that eventually if K-State really wants to take that next level recruiting, it's still going to have to get better and better and better. He can't have a class next year that's ranked in the 60s. He needs to kind of build up this top 25-ish class and, uh, you know, use the momentum from the Big 12 championship and just keep it rolling. So where we rank right now overall, I think what 24-7 sports got us kind of, what, in the 30s? Yeah, I think so. Maybe yeah, like, thirty or yeah, yeah. But but probably we probably still about sixth or seventh or so in the Big Twelve, probably. Mm-hmm. Which we probably need to be. You know, we need to be in the top twenty-five. I would think. Yeah. You know, and and I I think we probably could have swung that if we. You know, you get a Dylan Edwards, and you get maybe the receiver out of. Uh, Lee Summit, the other guy we didn't get, that Walter Mizzou, two four-stars that we didn't get that we were close on, one or two of them flipped, your whole deal could be different. But uh, but also, we can't discount this transfer portal, you know. Which Kleiman has done a great job at every single season, by the way. (laughs) He gets those transfers and plugs them in where he needs them, and they've worked out. Almost 100% of the time as great players. Yeah. Especially especially on defense. Yeah, especially defense. Yeah. Yeah, they worked out beautifully. You know, it's it's so hopefully we can continue to do good in the portal. When we had the success that we had, we're not getting that many kids that we're losing. I think we only lost six kids to go to the portal. None of them were starters. So – Given the landscape of what's going on, that's a that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, K State's 29th at 24-7 sports right now. So that's good. So 29, that's better. Yeah, I yeah. thought we were in the 30, so that's 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 better. And you know, I when you look at the class and you look at some of the guys that are out there, you know, that that's a I think that Austin Newsom, that that uh, 
linebackers, some guys we got, we kind of didn't think we were going to get early that we got, I think is, uh, you know, really going to kind of make a difference in the class. Yeah, I think so too. I like it. You know, mm-hmm. so, so let's pivot a little bit, Joe, that I know is way too early. I would think most people probably will predict, well, we got a schedule situation. The Big 12 is still haven't released our schedule yet, which I think that'll be coming any day. Um, We've been saying that for a month. (laughs) Right. We know we're playing non-conference, but with the four new additions, we don't know technically who all we're going to play yet uh, because we're not, because we're going to have 14 teams in the league. Uh, and we're only going to play. We only can play, you know, and that's including us. So you only can play nine teams because you're going to play three of them non-conference. So we don't really know who we're going to play yet. Right. But considering who we have coming back and what's going on, I would think we would come into this season probably being – predicted to be if not one two or three in the league at the at the worst uh, I, think I think it depends on uh who they get for defense they got a lot of holes still on that defense so you're a little bit more optimistic on that than i am but i would say top half of the league for sure yeah i mean you figure you're gonna have 14 teams next year yeah. I'm saying we're going to probably be predicted no less than three to four. I don't think we'll be in the bottom half, seven, eight, nine, because we got so much coming back on offense. Mm-hmm. Even though we lose Deuce Fine, even though we lose Malik Doles, we're going to have the quarterback back, the whole offensive line. Um and, you know, and a couple receivers, I think that's going to be able to step in. Now, defensively, in the secondary, particularly the safety and the corners, it's going to be something that we're going to have to look at. Yeah, I hope, I'm hoping he can get a couple more transfers in through the transfer yeah. portal. And, you know, defensive line is going to be an issue, too. Now, he's plugged holes on that line for the last couple of years, but that's uh, that's – I mean, that's my main concern going into next year. Eli Huggins yeah. and Felix and those guys, and I don't know. Well, I'm, well, I'm telling you a guy that's going to be a stud, and you remember this name right now, and not because he's from St. Louis, but Will Lee is a safety we got from Iowa Wesling Lake. He's a junior college safety. He's coming in, plug him in as a starter. He'll start, he'll right. play, and he'll probably be a potentially a newcomer of the year type of safety. This kid is the real deal, Joe. He his name is Will Lee. He's a safety. He's a nice size kid. He's about six two by one ninety, coming from Iowa Wesley Junior College, uh, and he's going to be a big contributor on that defense. If they get Kobe Savage back healthy which he's coming back with him. And I like the young corner that's going to be probably good, the one kid, Parrish. Um, He's probably going to be one of the best corners we've ever had. Hmm. And that's 
and that's saying a lot. Yeah, that's saying a lot. <laughs> he, and he, he played as a true freshman, Joe. But what I'm telling you, I saw him in practice, and I seen him really, really play once his body developed. He's going to be good as Terrence Newman and Chris Canty. He's going to be on that level. Mm, I'm looking yeah, they, forward they, to seeing that. Yeah, that kid is going to be one of the best corners we've seen. He's going to be good. All right. That's yeah, he'll be good. So what's your what's your outlook otherwise? Uh, until he um, <laughs> tries to plug a little couple more holes on the defense, I – I don't know. I like the offensive line coming back. I think we'll be all right at running back. I'm not worried. I'm not really worried about receiver either. Garcia showed some things, and we have a locket that we'll be playing. So, yeah, it, it kind of looks good on the offensive side. Yeah, that just just that defensive line worries me. And yeah, I don't know. I I think it's. I mean, a bold team at the worst, absolute worst, but. Can they compete for the title? Eh, that one's up in the air for me. I, I don't really see that. I don't see a repeat in the making, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I guess you're a little bit more pessimistic than I think. I, I, I think we got enough nucleus, and I understand what you're saying. You're, you're just not real confident on the defense. And, and we were having the same conversation coming into the season this year. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we we didn't really understand what we we're going to be in the back at, end at linebacker, and yeah, yeah. Even uh, the yeah. even the secondary, the safeties were a question mark a little bit. Uh, they were question mark, but they could. I think they got enough talent that they've got around there, uh, and they and they can plug and play with some of these transfer portal guys, particularly in that safety, you know, hybrid role. To where I think they'll be okay, you know. That's just that's just my guess, and I think offensively, we're going to be so much better uh, because we're not going to be relying on a deuce. I think we're going to have Giddings, and we'll probably get another running back, and then I think we'll have some receivers that not one big star that we can distribute the ball to. So it should be a. Uh, you know, it should be very interesting. I think that running how, back from Florida State, did he visit campus? And He, he visited, but we ain't got him yet. All right. Keep your eye out for that one, I guess. <laughs> That'd be good to get. Felix and Uduke Zama has not announced that he's leaving. Oh, come on. <laughs> he's not I know he hasn't that. announced it, but I think he's gone. What's taking him so long? Uh, good question. <laughs> I mean, we all thought he would say he was gone. What's I think he's got some intel. This is just my insight. I think he's got some intel initially that he probably thought he was going to be a bona fide first or early second rounder. I think he's got a little intel now stating that he could drop down a little bit to be a third or fourth round type pick. Hmm. That's just my gut. Now, yeah. does that still not say go to the NFL and go get money? Because third and fourth rounders make very good money in the NFL. Yeah. And he'll be on the roster and he'll be good. But if he comes back a year, 
improves his game a little bit more, work a little bit more on his craft. Can he can he solidify himself into a, a late first, early second bonafide role? I, I think so. So I think it could be an option and we could have him back. Who would That's not take him in the first or second round? I don't even understand that. That doesn't that you know it doesn't make sense to me. I thought he's second round at the worst. I, I did too, Joe. But what I'm hearing, I'm just telling you just what I'm hearing with my nose to the street is that potentially, and I think a lot of this was because he went through a lot of double teams. His production was a little bit different. I think he still had a great year, and he played the run a lot better than what you think. I think he's strong, and I think he's developed. But I think with some ends, there's some other guys that they think are a great out a little bit better than him, a little higher than him. Hmm. I think Felix loves college, but I know Deuce was his roommate, so Deuce is already gone. I expected Felix to already been announced that he was going, everybody else has. And there's something going on there that uh, he might feel good about coming back. Don't be surprised. Oh, that might yeah. be a shocker. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be awesome. That we'll see what happens. So, well, my friend, other than that, it's been great. I think we'll, uh, once we get the schedule out and get a little bit more, we get closer to spring, we'll be able to put together one or two more shows, but uh, believe in K-State. I think our first year has been a success. It's been fun. It's been fun. We got to keep doing it. You know, we were the good luck charm. We start doing yep. the podcast and they win the Big 12. I mean, come on. Hey, who can, who can doubt that? Hey, right. we had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> and we'll get more creative this year. We'll get some more guests and get folks on and jazz this thing up. This is our first run through and, uh, We'll, we'll take it to the video level maybe next year and get things ready to rock and roll. Yep, sounds good, man. All right, appreciate you, brother. You be good, and uh, we'll catch up soon. All right, sounds good, Reggie. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.